Hi, this is Kim Burns and it's What's the Story. I'm with Jeffrey Stein, who, uh, Jeffrey, I believe you used to be a lawyer, but you are a fabulous artist who has been working in the collage world for how many years now? Um, I've been working for about 13 years on and off, but for the last five years, only doing collage, basically. And uh, prior to that, portraits, which the collages are mostly portraits, uh, and other type of artwork or no? Or was it always portraits? Uh, the collages have almost always been portraits. Occasionally there's been a landscape or something I was playing with, but the majority of the work is portraits. Um, and that works well because what I try to do is, it's a modern tr take on the Renaissance trope of in a Renaissance painting, the painter would put in an attribute, a symbol of the person's, um, of the person. So if they were learned, there would be a book. So when I started doing these, I began using things from the pe person's world. So for um, Alan Greenspan, I used stuff from the, New York, from the uh, Wall Street Journal. For Madoff, I used the complaints against him. Um, for Andrew Cuomo. Like, you know, I love with your work, it's sort of um, good guy, bad guy. So for example, I understand that you've just finished one um, on Nancy Pelosi, the Madam Speaker, and that you used the <laughs> impeachment hearing papers uh, shredded to bits. It must have been fun. It was really fun. It was just such an obvious thing. And I, I'm trying to go out of the Trump business and not do Trump work, but it was such a perfect thing for, for Pelosi. She'd done such a good job, I thought, of bringing things forward. Uh, well, it was. I just can't imagine that you'd be tired of Trump. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Sadly, he continues to provide us with lots and lots of material. Yeah, um, great, great folly. Yes. 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 And it was Absolutely. actually, it was so, out of the, you go. You've also uh, done one of Governor Como, and what did you decide to do with that? I mean, obviously the man has been omnipresent uh, since, well, about the time that you left your studio in New York City, which I, it had to have been like March 12th, like everybody else, when the whole world shut down, at least for New Yorkers. Absolutely. I left, uh, my wife and I left March 12th. Her firm was going to have a practice day of working remotely, and we've been in Westport ever since. Uh, well, shocked. You're lucky, you're lucky to have Westport, and before you even go any further, it was, it was funny because I was going through some old magazines recently for my design business and um lo and behold uh <laughs> here's your house so yes. that's amazing yes uh we are the universe has been very very kind to my wife and i and denise davis of d2 uh interiors did the uh, work on the house along with old world construction they did a great job um so you know i'm watching Trump doing these news conferences, which I began calling the five o'clock follies, which is what they used to call briefings in Vietnam. And I can't watch it anymore. It's too crazy. It doesn't make any sense. And I begin watching Cuomo and I realize this guy's real. He's an adult. He's not perfect. Lots of mistakes got made, but he was a competent adult. And that's when I started doing his portrait using uh, front pages from the New York Times and then other articles about the uh, pandemic. And that you actually- know, 
it's interesting when you look at a, a Como who has obviously become, you know, the love guy, the like popular guy. And before, you know, you might not have been so loved or respected, uh, maybe feared. Um, uh, and of course, obviously, you know, his whole family has um, the great tradition of leading in New York. But when you look at a combo, you're thinking, okay, he's done so much. Is there anything specific in the text that you were taking from the New York Times that really was indicative of Como himself, or was it about what was happening because of the pandemic? It was what was happening about the pandemic. Um, I, it was really, my sense was of him molding himself out of this horrible thing, which he steps forward and is a very competent leader. Uh, I hadn't been a fan of his before this, um, but I thought he did a very good job. It, you know, it's interesting, in these times of crisis, these very flawed people often step forward in the way that Churchill, who was essentially a has-been and may or may not have been a drunk, was a brilliant leader in World War II, just phenomenal. And the way Giuliani became America's mayor after 9-11, before right. he lost And his poor mind. Giuliani, what the heck happened to him? I don't know. Have you done a Giuliani or no? I have not. He'd be a good one. You know, I think you just go to the funny papers and cut those up and then you'd be all stuck. <laughs> that's a great idea. No, I'm always looking for ideas, so that's good. All right, I think it's going to work for you because, you know, I've admired your work for so long and I want our listeners and viewers to know that going way back, uh, you did the whole series on uh, the late night talk show host, and oh, that was phenomenal. Uh, let's briefly talk about who you chose, why you chose them, and maybe just a few examples of the text you would use on, oh, I don't know, Stephen Colbert. Sure. Uh, well, Stephen Colbert, I thought, did a brilliant job of, of skewering uh, Trump, and so I ended up using the New York Times, which had a lot of the stuff about the election, and what happened was this show had gone on. Um, I had been making the work in the show for a year. And then what happened was um, right after the election, the show went up. And so it, it was this funny overlap. Um, I started doing uh, Larry Wilmore, who then had the, the late- I remember Larry, uh, yep. And yep. that was the first one. And out of that, the idea came. And I did other ones. I did John Stewart doing the 9-11 act that he championed. I did Amy Schumer doing, using the, uh, the gun control uh, right. act that her cousin uh, Chuck Schumer put together. Uh, Chelsea Handler I did using some of her books. Um, John Oliver I did using USA Today. And what about my friend Bill Maher? Bill Maher I did using High Times Magazine because, you know, of he's you Bill Maher. He's a fabulous pothead. We love that about him. We love it. Jay Leno, I did using car, car magazines because he's a car guy. Right, car um, guy. So it was this really fun project that went on for a year. Um, afterwards, I got a commission to do Johnny Carson using uh, bits he did. So that was really fun. And, and so, and, and you know, I always wondered, but I, I know we've spoken about this before, about how you get your hands on certain things like impeachment hearing papers or things to use for Johnny Carson. Uh, you have indicated to me that it's not impossible to do. No, uh, I do it. Uh, the impeachment, the articles of impeachment against, against Donald Trump 
are public documents that you get off the internet at usgov or us.gov.gov, whatever it is. Right. Um, the stuff for Carson is available off of YouTube. I do things to the um, images that I take. I work with them. I change them. I put them together. I make them darker. I make them lighter. I make them bigger. I make them smaller so that I've drawn into the image before I cut it out and put it on the canvas. Well, what is the average size of the portrait? And is there any relationship to the character of the subject that makes you decide how large the portrait's going to be? Um, the late night portraits, except for Larry Wilmer, which was the first and I was working out issues, they ended up being 60 inches tall by 48 inches wide. And that just seemed like a good chunk of real estate to do it on. They ended up taking about a month a piece, a little more, a little less. The uh, more political portraits, the uh, Trump, the Elizabeth Warren, the Cuomo, are most of them are 30 by 30. That's the size I've uh, settled on. It's enough real estate to do things, but they're not so big that making changes takes weeks and weeks. And strangely, those also take about a month. <laughs> Is that really? Yeah. And I've also done, I've done these really small collage, actually these were collages of cityscapes when I was having a health issue years ago. And those were eight and a half, these were eight by 10 inches and those took a month. So for a- uh, So maybe it's more, maybe it's more about you, Jeffrey, than it is about, <laughs> I mean, right? Yes, of course, absolutely. So when you create these, obviously these are one of a kind pieces and then you, only make one and you want to sell that. Um, I know you do have very fine copies of these. I, I, I have one, I have one from you. I have um, Justice Ginsburg, the, what is it? The dissent caller and dissenting, right? Yeah, I, I've, done, uh, I've done three collages of uh, Justice Ginsburg. I started the first one in late, um, late 2018, early 2019. And that was uh, Justice Ginsburg using the Virginia, in Virginia Military Institute case that allowed women into the Citadel Military Academy. Why they want to go there, I don't know, but they get to go there. Um, that was so. Like to prove our point. Yes. No, no, no. God bless you. I don't want to go there. Ah. Uh, that was sold. And after it sold, um, I got a call from someone who wanted to buy a print to give to his con law professor who was retiring. And so I put together um, these prints, which it has a very nice photo of the actual collage, but then it lists what it's made of. And um, I've been making those of these collages, of the uh, political collages ever since. So there's one available of Cuomo and the scent collar and the queen. I did the queen for a gallery in London, so. You don't mean Beyonce. Sadly, I don't. She's on the list. <laughs> so I think you need to put Justice Roberts on the list because I'm so excited about the last, I don't know, four decisions I think it's been where all of a sudden I'm seeing fabulous Supremes make some different choices and uh, maybe just in time for the election. What do you think? I think that it's very interesting. I remember Justice Roberts um, hearing, the hearing when he was going on to the Supreme Court, and I was filling out 
visa applications and stuff to go to school in London where I got my MFA. And he was brilliant. He sat there for two or three days, never took a note, never lifted a pen, just brilliant guy, you know. Did I write this silly article? Of course I did. It's a law review article. Who cares? Brilliant. Because no Who's one reading cares. That? Nobody's reading that. No one cares. Um, and he, I think he is very much an institutionalist. He is, seems to be looking at his legacy and he seems to be worried about the court becoming politicized and throwing precedent out the window. And so I, I think you may have this funny, uh, situation where someone on the court becomes more liberal to the outsiders, but, but what he's really doing is looking to keep the precedent as a valuable thing going forward, rather than just saying, we get to say whatever we want. Why, you mean because the institution, like all the others have been trashed by the guy in the White House? Oh, I didn't just say that. <laughs> Sadly, I agree with you. Well, uh, and I don't know if you recall the horrified look on Justice Roberts' face throughout the, you know, these fake impeachment hearings, uh, because he had to sit there and listen to this stuff. And, you know, I think there's just only so much people of his caliber and brilliance can take. I mean, that's, that's it. But anyway, that said, uh, what else can you tell us about doing these collages? Do you think that it's a popular medium now, or is it just that what you're doing is so popular because of the figures that you're choosing. Um, I have a couple of thoughts about that. Uh, one of my uh, teachers in London said, you know, at the beginning of each century, collage gets hot again. People do a lot of collage. Don't know if that's true, but that was around the time when I was starting to do it. Um, the other thing is it may be the visual equivalent of sampling for the kids with the rap music. Oh, really? And I, I think of it, you know, to me, my collages are put together very much the way a traditional academic drawing would be. You do the drawing, you put in the darks, you put in the lighter, the midtones, the highlights. I'm doing the same thing, but I'm doing it with a palette of collage materials. I start with a drawing, I do the darks, I do the lights, the midtones, the highlights. I correct it, I glaze with color to make sure it's right. And actually, if you go to my website, you can see little gifs of the various collages being made. And uh, my website is uh, jeffreystein.com, G-E-O-F-F-R-E-Y-S-T-E-I-N.com. You know, I wanna ask you, because I'm looking through a bunch of postcards that you gave me years ago of all of your works at, at that time. And in so many cases, I'm, really seeing quite a bit of black and white, which obviously if you're looking at a New York Times text is going to be that. But I'm also looking at a lot of color variation, uh, but not necessarily um, from, a, from a realist standpoint. So how are you choosing how to, you're shading, I understand that part of the process, but when you're glazing and you're adding the color to it, uh, at what point are you saying, I really wanna highlight this about this person? You know, it's a funny thing because there is actually a, a variation in the amount of acid in each different newspaper in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, the what used to be the New York Observer or the FT. And so you have a palette of um, papers that will, will, will be sealed in by plastic and by uh, gel medium 
but before then, it's their exposure with the oxygen will make them yellow to a certain extent. And so that's something that I get to play with. Then I look at that raw collage and I think about what does it need? Does it need to go darker? Does it need color? And there's a tension between that that goes for each of the uh, different collages. Uh, one thing that I have often worked on a blue surface when I'm doing portraits or figurative painting or collaging. And the theory was that the, the cool of the blue would pop up the, the warmth of the flesh in the figure or the face. And so very often there'll be a bright blue you'll see, and that's the ground of the canvas. You did that with uh, Trevor Noah, if I remember correctly. Uh, and it was, it was brilliant. Uh, now, before we wrap it up, I understand that you've worked on a collage or you've completed a collage um, uh, for a nurse, one of our wonderful people out there, first responders for the pandemic. Uh, what's that story? Um, I was um, wasting time on the internet, blog, artist blog, and there was this, someone said, you know, I wanna, how would I get a portrait of my daughter, the nurse, I wanna do it. You know, and she's going back, she's not getting good answers. And I said, I'll do it for you. And then she goes, well, how much is this gonna cost? And I said, well, I was gonna do it for nothing because we need to thank your daughter for going in there to the hospital and trying to save us. And this is actually a, uh, in the UK, there's been a heroes project where people, artists would do a portrait of a national health service person. And so this was my take on that. And I did it um, small acrylic painting, unlike the collages. Um, I was embarrassed. It took me much longer than it used to when I was painting every day. And rather than a couple of days, it ended up a rusty. shockingly a rusty. taking a month. <laughs> so I think that month. is my time frame. Um, but anyway, it's, it's done and it'll ship out later this week. So I'm very pleased with that. So briefly, London, uh, we, I know you show in London, and so are you there fairly frequently? I mean, now well, it's harder to be there, but... Yeah, no, I used to be, actually. Uh, my wife and I were there in early February, and we were supposed to go back in mid-March, but the trip was canceled. And um, before then, I'd been back and forth, I don't know, three or four times a year. I like to go there and meet up with people I went to school with, teachers, gallerists, whatever and remind them I'm still alive and we should collaborate. And actually Cuomo was sold by the Cynthia Corbett gallery and I showed with her after I got out of the Slade and she's essentially a virtual gallery uh, that runs out of her house in London. Do you feel like there's any different reaction with the European market to the American market? I think the European market's done a fairly good job of flattening the curve. And I'm sorry that we seem to have more and more new cases every day. And that's very frightening. But as far as their European reaction to the work that you do, do you think it's a... Ah. <laughs> um, it, um, I mean, I've sold pieces. I sold a Gordon Brown from the Credit Crunch series to someone who knew him in London. Part of it is the, the people like them, and, but the question is, do they know who they are? You know, other than Trump, 
um, and Trevor Noah uh, or John Oliver, um, you know, do they really know who um, Madoff is or do they really know who Janet Yellen is or, you know, uh, head of Fed, Jerome Powell. Right. Uh, so there's this, this question that I have with the gallerist in London is, you know, she likes the queen. I'm not sure the queen would be great in the U.S. Um, or maybe Meghan Markle. Maybe. She, maybe. I don't know. Do me a favor and don't bother doing her portrait. <laughs> I have a horrible attitude. Anyway, my great last question. My last question for you is, uh, with everything that's happened with the protests and Black Lives Matter, is there you know, any leanings toward doing something to recognize that situation that is just you know, on the heels of the pandemic, really turning the country upside down? As an older white male, I don't know what I have to contribute. I've given some financial donations to groups that do know what to do with it, and I'm watching and listening. Uh, I don't want to make didactic, simple work, and I'm thinking about how to, it may take a year or two or three or more to process this, so I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I think that's an excellent response because I think that as a white male, as a white female, uh, how can we contribute? We don't know yet. You're absolutely right. And for you to be gratuitous in doing the work to get your attention and deflect it away from the actual cause, well, it's noble. So on that note, uh, can you again tell everybody how to get a hold of you? Uh, and, these posters are magnificent and people need to see that, that they're available and, you know, if they love one of your, your pieces uh, and aren't going to buy the real thing, there's other options. There are, or I do commissions. You can get them at uh, jeffreystein.com, G-E-O-F-F-R-E-Y-S-T-E-I-N.com. Thank you so much, Kim. Jeffrey, it's always delightful to see you and I, I love your studio. So as soon as you guys open up again and people are, going back to the city. I mean, that this just needs to happen sooner than later, but uh, we're, we're all being cautious. So Absolutely. I thank you again for joining me today. Thank you so much, Kim. Thank you. you this is Kim Burns with What's a Story.